Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where now promo code DNVR is going to get you some special offers like how a simple $5 bet can turn into $150 instantly with free bets there from DraftKings Sportsbook when you use code DNVR at sign up. We are your hosts, Patrick Lyons. And I am Susie Hunter. Welcome. We have a very special episode though today. We do, despite the 7 1 loss. We're going to start off. A little differently. It's not going to be a memento type episode where we start where it begins. But maybe in a way we are because we're going to start with the minor leagues. Yes, yes. So uh, the game, of course, (laughs) the Rockies game just ended. But the Isotopes game has been over for like an hour. Um, So we are joined by the voice of the Isotopes, Josh Sushan. Hello, Josh. Thank you for joining us. Um, Tell us about, yeah, how was today? Nice big score. you. You guys got tacos. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. I, I feel nervous, I'm not going to lie, because I have I have a podcast when I remember to record it, and sometimes <laughs> I have uh, been a guest on a podcast, but I've never been on one live. Oh. And so even though I talk for a living live during every game, I feel a little bit nervous that I'm doing a podcast live, and someone's trying to like sneak into my booth. Someone and, like, just snuck in. Well. So You just had yeah. a little photo bomber, so it's already going <laughs> disastrously. You're already screwing it up. So what do you want to know? You want to know about the pitch clock or something, huh? We got to talk about the pitch clock because you've mentioned that you were, you guys are flying through this game. How long was this game today? Today was two hours and 22 minutes. And there was a combined 15 runs and 22 hits and six home runs. Almost all of those by the Topes, mind you. We played yesterday in two hours and 22 minutes. We played the day before that in 240. Gosh, it felt like an eternity. A game lasted two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> We are basically averaging two hours, about a little over two and a half hours per game since the strict enforcement of the pitch clock. So here's the thing. The pitch clock began in the minor leagues in 2015. And I remember it had an impact. It shaved off about 20 minutes off our games in Albuquerque. And then slowly over the years, the umpires enforced the pitch clock less and less and less. And by last year, we averaged about 305 or so. I have the exact numbers I can pull up, but you get the point. Um, and now the first nine games this year, it was just like last year. Um, there was, it was basically called a grace period. They did it for two reasons. One, because the pitch clock was so late in spring training to tell people, but I also think they wanted to have a before and after comparison. So we played nine games with no pitch clock and we've now played 12 games with a pitch clock. And it's, it's a different game. It's a totally different game right now. Yeah. Does this change the way you're broadcasting games? Absolutely. I was actually talking about this um, over the last couple of days with Johnny Dosco, who's the Sacramento play-by-play announcer. And the action is so fast that you don't have as much time to tell stories as you used to, which is both good and bad. Um, And I know that both of us have felt like we are rushing. We're not letting the broadcast breathe as much as we normally would, as much as we would like to do so because we you're still just getting adjusted to how fast the, the game is moving so if you tell a story you need to tell it not necessarily more quicker just more efficiently i think you need to just be mindful that the amount of time you have between pitches is totally different the amount of time you have between batters is totally different the amount of time that you have coming back from a commercial break i'm used to coming back from a commercial break and it's a I don't know, somewhere between 30 and 45 seconds where I can say the score, I can say the ballpark, I can say a live read, I can tell people what what game is next and what promotion is next, and then finally you get to the first pitch. Now I would say within 10 seconds, sometimes within five seconds, the first pitch is being delivered. Wow. Does does it seem like, if we're talking about your radio broadcast, that that product – does it, does it sound tighter? Does it sound better, do you think, to the audience? Because there's more action. You're still getting to those stories, as you said, they're a little more efficiently, but there's more action. There's there's runs being scored, and people can now actually sit down and listen to an entire game a little bit more easier. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I mean I'd like to think so. I hope so. I mean, that's, I mean, to be honest, I mean, that's a question for the audience more than it is for me. But I can tell you this, like, you know, I posted a bunch of stuff on Twitter and Not that that's the best sampling of how people feel, but I hear, you know, one of the comments that I've seen a number of times is why is less baseball better? And my response to that is it's the same amount of baseball. 
it's still four balls. It's still three strikes. It's still three outs in an inning. It's still 27 outs in a game. It's just less standing around. It's less batters stepping out and readjusting their batting gloves. It's less pitchers pacing around the mound. It's the exact same amount of baseball. It's just in a tighter amount of window of time. So, I mean, there's certain times that I felt like, wow, this is almost too fast at times. And then there's other times that I felt like this is just a really good, reasonable pace. Um, you know, I look at it this way. When I look at a baseball game and you look at maybe the, the camera from center field behind home, or you just look in the stands and you go, okay, what do the stands look like in the first inning? What do the stands look like in the third or fourth inning when by then everyone has arrived? And then what do the stands look like in the ninth inning? How many people have left your game? And whether you're watching a movie or you're watching a TV show or you're watching a play or a musical or a concert, if a lot of people are leaving your entertainment product before it ends, then there's a problem with your entertainment product. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at a baseball game and you see that there's dramatically fewer people in the stands in the ninth inning than there was in the third inning, then that's something that you need to address, I think. And, and that's not about, oh, short attention span. That's not about millennials. That's not about boomers. That, that's just, people got things to do with their lives. People have to get home. They got, they got to put the kids to bed. They, they got to get ready for work the next day. If you have a firework show and people are leaving in the eighth inning because you're already three hours and 15 minutes in the game, that's a problem. The people are not staying to watch fireworks because the game's going too long. Interesting. Now, have you talked to any of the guys about how they feel about playing shorter games? Yes, I've not talked to everyone. And I think that if I were to talk to DJ Peterson today, he would probably not be <laughs> very happy. And same with Kyle Holder, because for each of them within the last three games, they have had a situation where there's two strikes in at bat. They foul a pitch off. They step out of the batter's box to kind of recollect themselves, but they're not back in in the amount of required time. And the umpire has called them out. And so those are the only two times where we've had an at bat end due to ball four or strike three due to a pace of play violation. So DJ Peterson and Kyle Holder are probably not very happy with it, but the others who I have talked to, um, Scott Shevler, Winton Bernard, Brian Servin, um, a bunch of pitchers I've talked to have said, well, I work fast anyway, so it doesn't bother me. Um, Brian Servin had some really interesting nuances that he told me about. We talked about this um, in depth the other day, and he said, okay, so Brian Servin's a catcher. Most of your audience knows this. If he's at the plate or if he's on the bases and the inning ends, then you get more time between innings because you have to give the catcher more time to get back to the dugout and get the gear on and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the amount of time in between innings, there is flexibility. But on the other hand, if he is catching and he is leading off the next inning, he needs to get back into the dugout, take his gear off, talk to the pitcher about whatever, talk to the pitching coach about whatever, maybe get a drink of water, get his helmet, get his bat, stretch his body, get loose. And if he's not in the box when he needs to be, it's going to be a strike against him. And so that's maybe an area where, the umpires need to have a little bit more leeway. He also said, if there's a pitch that's up and in, okay, you step out, it startles you. And, you know, your heart rate picks up and you kind of want to, you know, slow your breathing down and just kind of get your mind right after a pitch buzzed your chin or your head. And there isn't that leeway. You have to get right back in the box. And so those are probably some areas where the umpires can, can have a little bit more leeway in, in the enforcement of this. Yeah, that could be like the next evolution of it where there's those minor tweaks and exceptions where you say, all right, well, when the catcher's leading off or if they made the third and final out or was on the bases, whatever it may be, then you can go ahead and, and change that. I mean, maybe we, we see something like uh, back in the high school days where if your catcher was on base, you had a designated runner going out there. That might be a little bit extreme, but nevertheless, you know, it, it's good for the game to, to speed that up. I know pitchers want to throw maximum effort. Is that what's leading to you know players blowing their arms out a little bit more than normal? Uh, at the major league level, guys are having trouble with command. There's more hit by pitch. Uh, and again, guys want to be throwing harder, even with less command. Well, you know what? Let's, let's slow it down a little bit. Maybe eventually we get starting pitchers going longer. I think this is the first domino to fall in creating just a better product overall, like, like what you're seeing so far, Josh. You know, I... I'm there's a lot of discussion, you know, for us who are watching it every day and those who are reading about it about, okay, was this, is this helping the pitchers or is this helping the batters? And I look at the isotopes numbers and the runs per game are almost the exact same. It is 
13.1 runs per game before the enforcement and 12.5 runs per game after the enforcement. That's just one team out of 120 in minor league baseball. The numbers are, are, are pretty even. What I can tell you from watching this is that momentum swings are, are more prevalent than they were. If a pitcher is struggling to throw strikes, you guys know this, you've watched enough baseball. What do you do if you fall behind, you know, you walk a batter, you fall behind 2-0, what do you do? You take your time, you walk around the mound, you get some dirt off your cleats, you go to the rosin bag, you take a whole bunch of deep breaths, take a few more deep breaths, and you walk up to the mound. You can't do that anymore. So if a pitcher is struggling with his command, it is going to lead to more walks or he's just going to start, you know, the game speeds up on him. And now it's like, I can't walk somebody. I have to throw it quick. And maybe he grooves a fastball down the middle. So there's been times that it hurts the pitcher. On the other hand, when the pitcher is dealing, when the pitcher is rolling and getting called strikes and swing and misses and getting quick outs, it, it leads to even faster innings. And I don't know how much there is a psychology that's involved, but it feels like hitters are swinging earlier in the count now than they were before whether that's the first pitch whether that's the second pitch maybe there's something about you know they're used to stepping out and knocking dirt out of their cleats and readjusting the batting gloves and all that kind of stuff and maybe that just slows them down and they're less likely to swing because they're thinking and they're focused and they're processing now they don't step out of the box or if they do it's very brief and so you're seeing a lot quicker at bats you're seeing at bats just end not just because of the of the pitch clock but also because they're putting in ball the play way faster so you mentioned DJ Peterson. Yeah, that's what I was hoping we'd get yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> so we heard about some drama with him involving Todd Helton. Uh, what do you know about the incident that happened today? Okay, let's start with this. Clint Hurdle and Todd Helton are both making the rounds for the Rockies um, minor league affiliates. They're here in Albuquerque this week. They arrived, uh, did a press conference Tuesday. They've been on the field during batting practice uh, Helton's working with the first baseman, the hitters. Clint Hurdle's just observing everything. And Hurdle has spent the games a uh, few booths down for me up here, and Helton's been in the dugout um, in these games so far. Now, I don't know exactly what happened. I just know that when DJ Peterson got called out for the strikeout on the pace of play, he was upset. He was not screaming and yelling like crazy, but apparently somebody in the Isotopes dugout did because I just saw the umpire just point in the dugout and just give a quick little dismissive. And I didn't know who it was. Like, from where I sit at Isotopes Park, like, I can see most of the dugout, but I can't see all of it. I can't see exactly who he's pointing to. And I didn't see anybody immediately leave. And it's between innings. And I'm trying – and then Warren Schaefer comes out, and Schaefer said something to the umpire. And whatever the umpire said, Warren, like, doubled over in laughter because – and it wasn't because it was a joke, just incredulous. <laughs> like, Warren was just like, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm watching Warren. I'm trying to update my scorebook. I'm trying to look at the dugout who is leaving. And then we found out about a half inning later that indeed it was Todd Helton who got ejected. So I don't know what he said. I don't know how many words he said or what he said, but yeah, Todd Helton got ejected from today's game. I am looking forward to finding out more about what happened because that is just wild to me. We saw tweets about it while the Rockies game was going on. We're just like, what? Thank God we're talking to Josh today. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, yeah that's... I mean, I've seen roving coordinators get ejected from games before. And like, on one hand, it's like funny, right? Someone like stops in town for three or four days and they get ejected from the game. It's funny to me. It's not so funny to the umpires. And the umpires are like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you should not be the one who's mouthing off from the dugout roving coordinator. Um, again, I don't know what Todd Helton said. I don't know if he used the certain words or, or what, but it was pretty quick that, that, that he got ejected for whatever it was. Pace of ejections there. <laughs> They're down too, right? Yeah. But um. Yeah. Well, that that's how they <laughs> greet people down in Albuquerque these days, you know. I mean, Todd probably hasn't played or been in Albuquerque probably since when he was, you know, back with the Sky Sox and they were the Albuquerque Dukes. He actually was here for an exhibition. Um, the Rockies and Mariners played an exhibition around 2010, something like that. Oh, okay. And looking back on that, you had Todd Helton, you had Ichiro Suzuki, you had Jason Chiambi, you had. Um, there's somebody else who's like now like a borderline Hall of Fame candidate who has made the Hall of Fame. So he's been here somewhat recently. So it wasn't his first time, but yeah, it's been a while. And, you know, look, 
Todd Helton's trying to get a grasp on all the rules as well. And, you know, I'm sure he wasn't trying to get ejected. I'm sure that he didn't come to Albuquerque thinking I'm going to get ejected. But he just saw something, and he didn't like it, and he said whatever he said, and he got ejected. He threw himself on the sword. He was like, Warren, you know what? I got this. I'm a little bit higher up in the front office, special assistant. I'll take this one. He he does that. Let, let's talk about a couple of the isotopes that have been playing really well. Elahiris Montero, probably the biggest prospect. You know, 289, I think, coming into today. Four home runs. He's looked really solid. He came up late last year and and was producing. He's He's been an exciting player to watch, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I like Montero a lot. He He's a guy who... So because we have these, all, we have all these cameras that are at the ballpark right now. Um, one of the other new things is the automated ball strike system that does not begin until May 17th. So as of now, the home plate umpires are still calling the balls on strikes, but because of that system, we have cameras everywhere and we're able to get all of the, the data um, from baseball savant. And so I love being able to just look at the exit velocities and the distance on balls and the number of times that Montero hits a ball that's 95 miles per hour or higher off the bat is astounding. Even like today, he had a single in the fifth inning that was 109.7 miles per hour off the bat. Damn. And that's pretty consistent. Again, the number of times that it's not just the hits that he's had, it's how loud they are. It's how quick they are off the bat. Um, he got off to a really good start. Then he got into a little bit of slump. Now he's on fire. He's 10 for his last 22 at the time that we record this. I think he's improved defensively at third. I like his hands. And, um, you know, I mean, look, he's, he's just a presence. He's one of those guys. He steps in the box and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this data in isotopes history when Montero's at the plate. Cause I don't want to be <laughs> distracted. You know, like I want to be locked in on what he's doing because you just never know what you're going to see. Wow. I, I love seeing that. We know Colton Welker just recently put on the IL, but a couple other isotopes guys have been hitting, hitting some home runs. As we mentioned, Brian Servin, I think he had five homers in four consecutive games, including today. And Wynn Bernard, a guy who I, I noticed he wasn't in the starting lineup back there on April 5th, but he's been getting the starts again in center field. And he's got five home runs, including the leadoff homer today. I love how he's been playing. Yeah, we'll start with Servin. Um, he was a guy who it seemed like all he did was walk in the first series against Oklahoma City. And then it seemed like all he did was make loud outs in the second series. And then it seemed like all he did was make outs in the third series. Now it seems like all he's doing is hitting a home run every game. Like you said, five home runs in his last four games. He hit two today. And, you know, Servin, Servin is just a central casting catcher, right? If you just lined him up and he walked by, you're like, he's a catcher, right? He just looks like a catcher. He talks like a catcher. You know, he just commands the respect of, of the clubhouse with everybody. Um, again, just he just looks like a catcher. And I love the way that he throws. I mean, I love the way he controls the running game. And he's got some pop. Um, today he hit two. One was just this towering drive that got barely over. The other one was just launched into outer space. Um, a lot of power. I like his plate discipline at the plate. Um, look, Servin's a major leaguer. It's just a question of when and for how long and and, and, and why and, and all that kind of stuff um, because he, he's got a lot of talent. And, look, anytime you have a catcher that can hit the ball at the ballpark and can throw out runners, and, and I think he does a good job of, of framing pitches. I don't know how that important that is going to be in the majors going forward. I know that as of May 17th, that's not going to be very important at all at AAA. But he frames pitches really well. He blocks pitches well. You know, he's um, – you know, look, I mean, he, again, he's a big leaguer. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, he's yoked. And then Winston Bernard, you know, this is a guy who has been around for, I think, 10 years or so, a couple of different organizations, signed with the Rockies last year. Isotopes fans voted him fan favorite. He runs down everything in center. He's just, I mean, everyone likes him. He's just always in a good mood. He's just always happy and smiling and respectful of everyone and understands what everyone's job is and helps out everyone. And he just brings such a great attitude. And this year, like you said, I mean, he's, he was starting off the season basically playing every other day, and he's just earned his way into the lineup. You know, it hurts that Brett Boswell has been banged up a little bit, and now Ryan Vallade is banged up, and so he's getting opportunities to play every day, and he's taking advantage. Each of the last two days, first pitch of the game, he's hit a home run, and, um, you know, he just brings a lot of energy. Um, he'll beat out infield singles. He'll, he'll run. There was a game last year. He scored from second base on the ground out to the first baseman. Um, you know, I mean, he's just a dynamic guy with, with what he can do, and – you know, he's never made it to the big leagues. I think he's 30 or 31 now, and he's he's one of those feel-good stories that you hope that he gets there at some point because of how much he's persevered and, and just what a good human he is. 
know, we talked to him during the off season, uh, and, and a excellent interview. You can check that out on the DNVR sports channel over on YouTube. And, you know, the first manager he had who put him in a big league spring training game, you know, how those minor leaguers get in there late was when he was with San Diego, his hometown team. where He grew up it was manager Bud Black. So it's kind of fitting here that if he does break through and, and finally gets that call to the majors that it, it is with the Rockies. So I think Bernard Servin, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens, but I think both those guys are, are definitely deserving of, of a call up when the time's right. For sure. Yeah. And Bernard, it's such a cool story here too, because his brother played football for the university of New Mexico. So he has photos that he shared with me where, you know, he's like, no, he's much younger than his, um, he's like one of four brothers. They all played sports. They're all just great athletic family. And um, yeah, like he would come to Albuquerque as a kid to watch his older brother play football. And now that he's here and playing outfield and um, yeah, it's just really cool. It's a cool family connection here in this city for him. Just full of these full circle moments here. I love this. That's it. That's sweet. And the family was on family feud. So they have a, that yes. for a, even more of a, of a full circle. Hey, a couple pitchers too. Uh, what, what have you got on? And Dylan Overton has been really solid over his last three starts. And in the bullpen, Heath Holder and Reagan Todd. I mean, Reagan Todd's a Colorado kid. So we love that story. A lot of good things in Albuquerque right now. Yeah. So Dylan Overton's one of these guys who, you know, he's bounced around a couple of different organizations. Last year he was in Taiwan, comes back to the States, signs a minor league deal. And, you know, again, you look at the stat cast stuff and it's like 90, 91, but he gets all these swings and misses with his fastball. He just locates it really well. And he just knows how to pitch. And when I mentioned earlier about how a pitcher gets on a roll and just puts up these really quick innings, that's mm -hmm. been Overton. His last start, he went six innings, 69 pitches. I mean, he was just nice. dominating round rock. I mean, they got like a couple of home runs off him, but he just works really quickly and just spots stuff. And, you know, it, look, anytime you sign a minor league deal and you're not on the 40-man roster, it's not like you're going to be like the first guy who gets called up, but you get an opportunity and Overton's pitched really well as a starter. Um, Reagan Todd, like you said, yeah, Colorado kid who was actually college roommates with Brian Servant at Arizona State, and then he transferred to uh, a smaller school in Colorado, um, grew up a Rockies fan. He's a guy who, you know, start the season, he was kind of first one out of the bullpen, gets you out of a jam, was effective there. He's been used in like the eighth inning today. He was first one out of the bullpen again. He's a lefty, you can get lefties and righties out. He can give you two innings. Um, I don't know if he's quite Chris Russin-like in terms of his ability to give you three, four, five innings or be able to do a spot start. But, you know, like those are the types of guys the Rockies need, right? Someone who can give you multiple innings out of the pen, who can get lefties and righties out, who can do any role. So I've been excited for him. And then let me throw another name at you guys, Zach Lee, right? Former yeah. first round pick by the Dodgers. He pitched for us as a starter. He gets traded to the Mariners for Chris Taylor. He's bounced around to a bunch of different teams. He's been a reliever for us the whole year, and he's pitched really, really well. He had one outing that he gave up um, a few runs, so his overall numbers don't look dominant. But he's another guy who comes in, and it's six pitches, three up, three down, nine pitches, three up, three down. And he's gotten a little bit more velocity coming out of the pen, short, uh, short stints like a lot of guys, mostly fastball curve, but he still has four weapons. I'm telling you, Zach Lee is – I think he's been the most impressive isotopes pitcher from start of the season until now just because of the efficiency in which he's getting outs. Love those veteran guys. Yeah, my, my favorite Reagan Todd story, you may or may not know this, as you mentioned, started going to school at ASU uh, down there in Tempe, then went to Colorado Mason University in Grand Junction, gets drafted by the Rockies, I want to say, in, in 2018. And then, all right, I got to go report for my, for my first you know professional team, and it's Grand Junction Rockies. So he, he didn't even have to give up his lease. How many guys have ever been drafted and got to keep their college lease? Maybe one, Reagan yeah. Todd. That is outstanding. I did not know that. So I'm going to have to use that on the air next time he pitches. Thank you. Please do. Yes. Oh my. Yeah, you guys need to talk more because Patrick is an encyclopedia. We call him Encyclopedia Patrick. It's a very creative nickname. Just make sure you plug the DNVR Rockies podcast Please. at DNVR underscore Rockies. All that shameless stuff. No, in feel the, free. In the top 100 of baseball podcasts. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Also somewhere just outside the top 100 since, you know, you alluded to it, Josh, but I, I know you're uh, not as much a, into that uh, shameless self-promotion, but Life Around the Seams with Josh Sushan is the podcast. Last episode, it's 
It was a good one. Susie Hunter. Is that the last one you've done? Yeah, that was four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've not exactly been on a roll in recording them. You've been busy. You've been busy. Baseball keeps you busy. They're all good. You put that much time and effort yes. into it. And yeah, there there are some some excellent ones going back. It's been a couple of years too that you've been doing, I think. Yeah, you know, that's it's a good reminder for me to to kind of get motivated to do them. So I'll, I'll tell you like kind of what started it. And it was actually a, a guy that we had on the team by the name of David Holman. Um, this was about three or four years ago. And his dad was Brian Holman who pitched in the big leagues and famously was one out away from a perfect game. And Ken Phelps, a pinch hit home run, two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning in Oakland. Um, I remember because I grew up in the Bay area and the next day I was this autograph nerd with my friends at the Hilton hotel in Oakland. And I got Brian Holman's <laughs> autograph the next day. Um, but anyways, David Holman was a guy who he nearly died twice as, as a kid, right? He was, he was on a ski lift and he fell and somehow lived. And then when they were like basically operating on him and trying to save his life, they realized that he had a brain tumor in his head and they had to basically wait until it got bigger before they could have brain surgery in order to save his life a second time. Wow. And I remember thinking like, this is such an incredible story. I need to have this guy on the pregame show. It's a five minute window for an interview, right? Yeah. And I'm like, how in the heck do I tell this guy's life story in five minutes? And I thought, you know, I want, I want a vehicle to be able to tell these stories and longer and get into detail and really get into the nuance and not be like, all right, well, thanks for telling us how you nearly died twice, David, but it's, it's on to the next segment here, you know, on isotopes on deck. So <laughs> that was the motivation to do it. And it worked out where Brian Holman was in town. And so I was able to get father and son in one of the early episodes. And, and I know that I had like a list of people who I wanted to talk to and I did those. And then you go, okay, now what? That was seven. Now what? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. And I remember at one stage during the, the lockdown stage of the COVID pandemic that I was doing like three a week. And then I got furloughed and I was like, I don't want to be inside. I want to go hiking and camping, <laughs> go have fun. So I don't have to work here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I try to tell, you know, not as much like X's and O's kind of stuff, but more just human interest stuff about, you know, unique people's stories, you know, someone who travels around the country and goes to every ballpark, you who know, would do such a thing who, <laughs> who nearly dies twice before the age of eight, um, you know, and then the, like their connection Thank to you. baseball and why yeah. it matters to them. Yeah, Cody Decker was the first episode. I was super excited when that came out. I mean, he's a character. You had Zach Hampel on, Chris yeah. and Pat Vileka. Like, yeah. th these are some great ones that are, they're pretty much timeless. That's the other thing, too, that's what's great about this pod. So even though it's been a couple months, people still need to go back and, and check out those stories because uh, those are great podcasts. Yeah, you do a great job, Josh. Thank you very much. Nice. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I enjoyed this. I now I can add to my LinkedIn that I've been a guest on a top 100 baseball podcast. That yes. Was done <laughs> that's it. And, and a top 10 podcast in Great Britain, too. I don't know if that's going to move more units for you, but yeah. you need to do that. We're we were recently number five. Huge in so. the UK. Apparently. Oh, outstanding. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, Josh. Have a good one. Good luck right, on Women do. in Sports Night on Sunday. Thank you. I'm pumped for it. Can't wait. Yes. That's a big promo coming up in Albuquerque right on. that Josh put a lot of work into coordinating. So I you know that's a big one. So yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that if you work in minor leagues, you, you don't just show up for the one job people might know you as you got to do a little bit of everything. So mm -hmm. yeah, Joshua does amazing stuff behind the scenes on Twitter. I believe at Joshua underscore underscore Sushon S U C H O N. Uh, that sounds right. Sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds right. It does. Yeah, no, that was that was great having uh, some moments, getting getting the scoop on some of the prospects, pace of play, all that wonderful stuff. It, it's great. It's it's like all the wonderful stuff we've got here mm -hmm. on the corner of Colfax, New York, at the DNVR bar, especially for the MV NFL draft going on tonight. It's great. That's why I got my baseball slash football shirt you might be able to tell to it it's a tim tebow shirt he's got a tim tebow shirt on he Couldn't was teasing the shirt he's like i'm wearing a crossover football baseball shirt i'm like what could he possibly be wearing and here Me it is the the minor leaguer from the new york mets and the minor league quarterback for the denver broncos that did manage to get them into the postseason there my it's favorite true. my favorite quarterback to ever come out of the philippines tim tebow <laughs> and so we'll see maybe there'll be some more future legends coming out of the nfl draft come down for the bar for that we still mm -hmm. got watch parties avalanche postseasons 
ready to get going here. It's it's super exciting, and we're gonna have some Rockies watch parties, you name it. If you're a member, you get a member-sized beer, which is a lot bigger than the normal it's one. Huge. Can't beat that. Extra raffle tickets at our watch parties. It's only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. And if you actually want an annual membership right off the get-go, or if maybe you're already aware of all the great coverage we have of Nuggets, Avs, Broncos, Rockies, now Rapids, golf, rugby, all of that, well, if you want an annual membership, you actually get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. And if you are getting yourself ready for any kind of 5K or 10K, or you're just trying to get yourself in shape, a lot of Ks. there's a good chance you are, you're probably very sore. Like like some of the Phillies, because Gomber had himself a lot of Ks today. Yes, he did. Different type. It was a 6K <laughs> Different. type event. So the Phillies are sore. You know, if they come out to Colorado, Rockies are coming back. We'll talk about the Red Series in a second. Mm -hmm. But you want to break down for some deep muscle tissue discomfort and escape artist has got the product for you you can pick that up at any of denver metro areas 11 light shade locations they've got a premium selection of cannabis concentrates tinctures edibles and more producer and more vasquez loves the and more products from light shade and again escape artist those amazing creams one of the highest awarded in all of colorado so check that out podcast listeners you can now get 25 percent off with code dnvr when you shop online at lightshade.com for your pickup. Now, Ivaca TV is changing the game. We know you can get nuggets and abs there. Regular season, postseason, now you can get Rockies games there. Rapids, CSU, Rams, Denver Pioneers. All you got to do is go to ivaca.tv slash DNVR. And for just $25 a month, plus the cost of a receiver, uh, it's for two years, no contracts. You don't have to worry about anything kind of crazy with that. But you get that service right from the comfort of your own home. We want you to come down to the bar mm -hmm. for the watch parties. We do, but you know what? We understand sometimes you can't make it out, and so you can have Ivaca TV in your own home, ivaca.tv slash DNVR. And now, when you use code DNVR on top of that, it's a, it's a double, it's a double promo here. It's such a discount. You get another $10 off your first three months, and so that's only $15 for your first three months with Ivaca TV. Such a good deal. I love that. Well, the Rockies did not have a good deal in Philadelphia. No. Let's get to the four-game losing streak, unfortunately. Today it was a 7-1 loss. But you know what? Austin Gomber pitched pretty darn well, didn't he? I'm happy with what we saw from Austin Gomber. Six innings pitched, three hits, three runs. Two of those were earned. Uh, one walk, six strikeouts. The Austin Gomber 6K right there. Boom. That is why he is our DraftKings Sportsbook mm -hmm. king of the game. You can see his stat lines there. You can see his beautiful crown. Again, if you're listening to this as a podcast, check us out over on YouTube on the DNVR Sports channel. We've still got room for more folks to jump on the bandwagon. We're over 20,000 yeah. in subscribers. We've got room for plenty, plenty more. Austin Gomber, I think, really made just one bad pitch all day on that homer to left center uh, by Alec Baum. Otherwise, you know, back-to-back -back solid Solid starts here mm -hmm. for Austin Gomber. Excited to see what he does again at home in his next outing against Washington next week. Should have an extra day of rest in there with Monday being an off day. So again, starting pitching is is looking solid. We we know we know Feltner, you know, had had some struggles in the first inning, but overall there's so much that you can like mm -hmm. from the starting rotation that they're gonna keep you in just about every game. It then becomes about the offense, picking up some of the slack, and then it becomes about the bullpen holding the lead. Those other two things did not happen, but the rotation on this series mm -hmm. in Philadelphia, I thought, did a very, very good job. Yeah, the rotation, they were the kings of the series. They, they It's a shame that no one backed them up, but, you know. Yeah, and Marquez, Marquez was not very, very good, but yeah. he, yeah, the, again, the offense could have could have helped him out a lot. I think with the one run today, they, could, they scored a combined nine runs in, in four games, so you're not going to win a lot of games. When you're not scoring runs, breaking news. That, that's from analytics. I've crunched the numbers. Thank you for crunching these numbers. This is expert analysis you only get from this Top 100 podcast. Thank you very much. Bullpen coughed it up. It, it, it was close. I mean, again, you, you get the sense like, ah, I don't know if the Rockies have it in them today. Zach Wheeler was on one, mm -hmm. uh, as he is prone to do. A guy who was in the Cy Young Award conversation that, it's funny, I, I had Corbin Burns as the guy at the end of the season then I heard some really compelling conversations about why Zach Wheeler deserved it because of the innings that he pitched. Mm -hmm. We understand that. Look, if you go, if you five and dive, five innings pitched, if they're an amazing five innings, 
That's great. Zach Wheeler was only a notch worse than Corbin Burns, but was providing almost an extra innings worth of work to save Mm -hmm. his bullpen. In the future, we might look back on that and say Wheeler should have been the Cy Young. He looked Cy Young-esque today, and it was somewhat close. Maybe you could have done something when you got into the Phillies' bullpen, but once the Phillies got into the Rockies' bullpen— Kinley and Lawrence, not so good. Yeah, this was not the best outing we've seen from Kinley. Just two-thirds of an inning pitched, uh, one hit, four runs, two of those were earned, uh, three walks, mm. no strikeouts. The so walks. it was not a not a presidential outing from him. No, it was not. Justin Lawrence looked looked all right there, walked the one guy with the bases loaded. Actually, he hit a batter too. There was there was a little there was some plunking going on there. Not yeah. great. But he did have three, who, three who is not getting plunked though? Everyone it's all about is. being punk these days. It's very in and the defense. So again, this is this is another the 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 four-legged stool. Starting pitching, bullpen, offense and defense. Defense usually feels like it's more on the minimal side and maybe that has something to do with the fact that we don't have as many uh, analytics really to break down defense. I don't know that we understand it just yet. Uh, same thing with base running, right? Like how do you evaluate that? There are metrics, there are statistics that you can use, but I think we are still in the early days of that. And, you know, when the defense is good, you don't notice it. When it's great, you go, okay, that provided you a little bit of an edge. But when it's bad, it opens the door for the offense. And, again, the defense today, questionable. Yeah, my concern was with Ryan McMahon. So last last season, five errors the whole season. This series, four errors. Yeah. So Ryan McMahon was just not looking like himself. You got to wonder what's going on. Um, but yeah, just a lot of mistakes in general made out in the field. No, that that's not good. I mean, we we talked all last year, especially in the second half, about defensive runs saved and what he's able to do at second base and third base. As you point out, only those five errors at third base last year. He's already going to eclipse that. So he's got some room to make up. Does he go the rest of the year without making an error? Maybe. Stranger things have happened. He reached his quota, and now he's good. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works, always. <laughs> we thought we thought in game one they had gotten all those errors out of the way. And you go, oh, all right, good. You flushed it out all in one spot, and then it kind of continued. Roman Quinn ended up stealing second and third base on Dom Nunez. JT Ramuto even had a, a bag there against Elias Diaz. So Phillies were were running wild a little bit on the Rockies. And again, that that wasn't good. There there was one good defensive play, though. We had one spectacular catch from Randall Randall Grichik. Really one it was just a dive-in sliding, fantastic. Almost came out of nowhere. It's weird because yeah. uh, I didn't look this up on baseball savant, but I imagine the expected batting average on that was probably pretty low. Because it was hit right to center field. Mm-hmm. The only thing was Grichik was positioned. Like in like right center field. Yeah. So you just go, oh, just a lazy. It wasn't a lazy, but it was a, almost a humpback liner in the center field. And yet, where's the center fielder at? Boom, he comes in out of frame, makes a good grab. You like that? Offense, non-existent yeah. a little bit. They had a couple opportunities. This was just another one of those games where we're leaving runners on base, and it's so frustrating. What did I tweet? That it's like Groundhog Day. It's just like been the same story over and over again. But in the third inning, I think that was one of the most frustrating ones where we got a leadoff hit. We got a leadoff triple from Hilliard, and then just nothing came of it. And even Connor Joe was so frustrated because he had a hit, uh, but didn't make it to first in time, and he threw down his helmet in frustration. So they're not they're not happy right now. No, no. It, it's funny on on Sunday night. And this was something I did mention earlier. Is that Schwarber getting ejected there and and, and kind of you know making this stating a case for both teams doing the dance over here and over here. Yeah, that that's a dance. We yeah. we got to figure out the steps exactly. He's a performer. Uh, you might want to TikTok that. Maybe you can do it with Joey Votto this weekend. Oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to try to do TikToks. Right, with well, Joey Votto. Susie will not be on the the post game show on Sunday. She's got other things We're going be on. Chasing we, Joey Votto to we, do TikToks. We already know. Yeah, bring your Harry Potter costumes. Throw in a duffel bag. You'll you'll take my care of credentials all that. get revoked <laughs> because I am harassing Joey Votto. And then you become a personal assistant for one of the best first basemen in the game right now. <laughs> I but, would love to, but sorry, continue what you were saying. I don't even know where I was. Oh, with Kyle Schwarber, right? <laughs> yeah. He does the whole thing, and it, that was about the frustration the Phillies were having. I was like, hey, here's a moment for all of us to get together, rally around, kind of blame it on this extrinsic force, whatever it may be. 
And sure enough, what happens, they go out and they win Mm -hmm. the next four games. They were about to break out. That was a close game there with Milwaukee on Sunday night. They had won the getaway day on Wednesday in Colorado. So you even said, you know, the Phillies are are starting to heat up Mm -hmm. and they got, they got red hot here. And so I don't know if Connor Joe throwing the helmet necessarily does that, but they are coming back home. And so you got to think it's going to recharge them. Yeah. But we'll see what how, what happens in game one with Cincinnati again. We'll break that down in a second. But yeah. this could be one of those moments where you say, all right, we need an ejection here. We need somebody to get tossed. Maybe Buddy. Buddy doesn't get ejected a lot. No, he doesn't. No. But He's just too delightful. That's one of those things that you could say, yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. But that was frustrating with Sam Hilliard there mm-hmm. with the triple. You just... Bunt the guy over, do something like that. Ryan McMahon ended up having a, a, a bunt single there in the seventh to start it off. And you go, here's a rally. Uh, you end up getting Iglesias with a, a weird little single there. And you had runners on first and third mm-hmm. with no outs. Another opportunity to score a bunch of runs. Yeah. And the we got one, but that was it. We could have gotten a bunch. All we got was one. I'm like, well, take it, but I, I expect more. I, I, I'm not going to say I got excited when Buddy went to the bench and inserted Elias Diaz in for Dom Nunez, but I like the matchup better. And off the bat, it might have been the first pitch, Diaz hit one to left field. And, you know, like if you're at the stadium, every fly ball looks like a home run mm-hmm. from where we were just watching on AT&T Sportsnet. I was like, whoa, he got it. And then, like, the left fielder didn't even budge. It wasn't yeah. even close. Not it was like even close. 280 to left field and... But I was hoping, I was hoping because that was, that could have been the game changing mm-hmm. moment. It doesn't end up working out. Kojo There's... popped out at ended that. Eighth inning, had a two out rally with runners on first and third, but, you know, couldn't get it done. How much does that, you know, go towards the fact that, again, you had no Chris Bryant in the lineup for, I think now the third day in a row? Mm-hmm. Yeah, third day in a row right? for Bryant, second day in a row for Rogers. Yeah. So we, we hope those guys can feel a little bit better. Yeah. Basically, I'm sure a plane ride back to Colorado will help their backs. Oh, I, yeah, my back is hurting just thinking about that. Well, they get they got more leg room. They have, it's, it's a nice plane. They get a little charter like action, it. though. Uh, there were a couple of wins in Philly, though, that were not. So in the standings, in the... 0 and 4. But you're right. There were two, there were at least two wins in the grand okay. scheme of things. All right, what were they? Um, okay, so physical conditioning coach Mike Jasperson broke the cheesesteak record. So the clubhouse, uh, the visiting clubhouse in Philly, known for having some of the best cheesesteaks. I think we've mentioned this. It's pretty common knowledge at this point. I think we might have talked about it. I think uh, did we talk about it last night? Wednesday's post game show or Thursday's podcast, depending on how you consume it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have talked about it recently. But uh, he shattered the record. He ate twenty four cheesesteaks over the course of this four game series. <laughs> and I think I heard, um, I think I heard them saying on NTT Sports that he's like, "Oh, I got one more in me. I'm going to eat one after the game." So, I don't know if that counts. We we got we don't have a rule book. I know, you know, you I don't. Pull some strings, you but need, he already the shattered the record. So he I did. mean, that's really all that counts. So that's really exciting. Did he break it or tie it? Because Spilly had said the night before. I thought twenty four was the record because Freeland did tweet out that he has he has the record, so mm-hmm. he does have it. But did he break it? I don't know. We got to find out. We're gonna find out. We're definitely gonna follow up when these. I'm guys a stickler get back. for these kind of details. I know you. When are. it comes to cheesesteak eating contests, I I was interested in maybe becoming a competitive eater when I was younger. Of course you were. Uh, yeah. That's, of course. Yeah. I could eat it like a whole double extra large thin crust pizza. That was like a, that was a thing back in the Jersey Shore days. Interesting. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I have a knack for this. And no, I, I, I didn't. But Mike Jasperson definitely does. Yes. Well, congratulations to Mike. Everyone's super proud of him. That you- was definitely a, uh, uh, that's a dub for sure. No doubt. You said there's another one. Oh. Yes. We have an applause track. <laughs> I wish we had a live studio audience. That would be lit. <laughs> we cut. We do actually. We have, we have We've got a couple guys in the too. offices back here. Yeah. Um, okay, so the other win, I'm gonna call this a big, a big fat W. Kevin Collins, Rockies Ooh, PR, our guy, our guy, our good friend. Um, he 
put together some spectacular game notes with some very Philly-centric references. He's from Philly, as am I. All four days. All, All four, four days, days. Different things. And they also made sense. And that's the key. They also, they made sense. So He's Con- a better man than I am. Because I would have just been like, just, just shoehorn it in. No, there were links to everything. He put so much work into it. Um, uh, so some of my favorites, Connor Jogi. Okay. Like a hoagie. I didn't see that one. Um, on a little um, clip about uh, Chad Cool, who was a Pittsburgh pirate, mm-hmm. Wawa is better than Sheets. I liked that one. That go. was very relevant. Um, oh my gosh. Just is like, Sheets in Pittsburgh? I know it's like Maryland. I think they might Sheets also be Sheets is like, Pittsburgh. so there's like a, a, cer- a certain point in like central Pennsylvania. Like once you get out of Wawa territory, then you enter Sheets territory. Uh, I so it's it like south. It's also south, south it's, and west. It's west. Yeah. That, okay. I mean, I always think of Sheets as like just, oh, that's the other side of Pennsylvania. That's their thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's how I see it. From Yinsburg. For Yes, exactly. I don't even know them. What were some other good ones? Oh, I liked um, Water Ice in His Veins. That was about CJ Crone. Um, Skookool. Was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, spell it. No, don't. You got it in front of you. There. I do have it. Even a, with the spelling in front of you, it's very hard. Well, like, Skookle. No one knows how to spell Skookle, like, in general. But Skookle was S-C-H-U-C-U-L. Oh, there we go. Now I hear it. Yes. Skookle. Skookle. Uh, a lot of, you know, again, appropriate. It's always sunny in Philadelphia reference. Mm-hmm. Like, I think on Wednesday we had... The gang continues the series, mm-hmm. their series, and you go, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, also had a lot of movie references, The Sixth Sense. Solid. In Philadelphia, Solid. right? M. Night Shyamalan. I think all the movies you know, essentially take place in He loves making Philly, movies in Philly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you had The Sixth Sense when the Rockies had made five errors uh, in the series at that point. So you mm-hmm. go, okay, the next one's going to be The Sixth. Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, I liked that one. Uh, well, I can't think of his name. Oh, Bradley Cooper as Pat. Yeah. It was Pat. Yeah. Uh, in that with uh, with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, today's had Charlie Day. It was a bit about Charlie Blackman. And of course, Charlie Day character in Always Sunny. Unbreakable, another M. Night Shyamalan oh. film about CJ Chrome basically being unbreakable and unstoppable. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> it was great. It, it was enjoyable. And, they, you know, they do this for all the series. So we'll have to kind of point that out. When they go on the road, they come up with these kind of themes and stuff. So, But this one was excellent. excellent. That was a win. Some just really good references. So I know Kevin will be very happy that we brought him up. He was going to be mad if we didn't shout him out yeah. on we, an episode where we had Josh on because they're friends too. We make a lot of references to people, so it helps pump our numbers up. Because yeah, then we say, yeah. hey, we, we talked about you. There's one now more. Now you have to listen. That's it. <laughs> 20,001 people have been referenced on the DNVR Sports YouTube channel, at least. And we got to mention one more. And he's already with the company. That's Colton Strickler. Strickler. He covers the American Raptors, uh, one of the finest rugby teams we have in the country, American Raptors, if you don't know, they are comprised of professional athletes from all different types of disciplines, football, baseball, basketball, track and field, you name it. They're learning the sport of rugby, and you can actually learn along with them with Colton Strickler's DNVR Rugby podcast once a week. He's got some amazing guests on there, some people in and around the game, coaches, players. Also, amazing betting tips for the Super Rugby going on all throughout this season. You can go over to American Raptors. Dot com for more information about that. They're even giving away free tickets to their games, which you really have to love. That's that's usually the best price, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I know. My favorite price. And one of the best things you can do for yourself is take great care of your body. Do that with Athletic Greens. A single scoop every morning to start your day it has a bit of uh, sweetness. I can taste the vitamin C in it. That's the thing. It's green in color, but it tastes sweet like the vitamin C. You start your day off with it. Get your gut health in the positive way. Uh, it's it's absolutely fantastic. 75 minerals and all kinds of magical ingredients in there that are going to make you feel really good. For me, it helps with my mental clarity early in the morning, long before I've even had my first cup of coffee. Now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free year supply of vitamin D, immune-boosting goodness in there five free travel packs as well if you're going on the road anywhere and you can get all of that at athleticgreens.com slash roc that's the first three letters of rockies easy to remember that's it athleticgreens.com slash roc to make the best decision you can make for your body to start your day i second that it's a great decision
10 years ago today, the Washington Nationals made a decision, and that was to call up 19-year-old Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And what a what a presence he has been ever since. Where has the time gone? Only Still only 29 years old. I know. He's so young. <laughs> it's, it's strange. So when I was talking with Drew Goodman in the offseason, ESPN did their rankings of players all time. And I got the sense that maybe Bryce Harper was a little bit high. I, I guess maybe I'm less of a Harper fan mm. than, than some others. And I don't know if that has to do with the expectations. Not just, oh, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. No, it's just he's been hurt a lot. He's put together two MVP seasons, which puts him in a very unique and special class all time. Mm-hmm. But when you look at some of his counting numbers, sure, he, you know he's doing things when you say, oh, uh, before the age of 26 and 28 and 29. Well, that's because he had a head start. Great. But overall, I'm not as impressed and wowed by his numbers over a career. And I'm wondering if, if I'm in the minority. I think you might be. But might also, be. I mean, like, you know, I've got Philly ties. I might be. So, like, you know, I think we're a little more excited about – or Philly people are not, are a little more excited about Bryce Harper than <laughs> most people. Do you think he's – again, maybe the two MVPs is kind of the bottom line and, and his contract – being another bottom line, but has he lived up to the hype from when, you know, again, 19 years old in the majors, maybe even makes the all-star team that year. Mm-hmm. Has he lived up to that hype or has he maybe been a, a little bit of a disappointment, a modicum of disappointment? I will say, okay, I think that he will have lived up to the hype when he gets a World Series ring. Mm. Um, so the one thing I think that I think Phillies fans were so disappointed in um, that, so Phillies got Bryce Harper and then that next year, Nationals win the World Series. So it's like, yeah. hate that narrative, you know? Great point. Um, so I think that is a huge disappointment. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I think I uh, he's not he's not a disappointment. No. But like a little bit. Okay. A little bit. All right. All right. We'll see. Well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm rooting for him. Also, too, yeah, he, of course. He, got, he got passed up by Mike Trout. Yeah. So I think that also is you know, part of the narrative a little bit mm-hmm. in, in my book, a little, you know, and, and, oh, another thing about Bryce Harper too, we've got to mention, uh, and I wasn't aware of this. I learned this from the Drew Goodman podcast. Oh. We're, we're going to give him even more plugs for our, for our guy is, uh, Connor Joe's relationship with Bryce Harper. Oh yeah. You mentioned this before. Yeah. Tell us the story. Yeah. Well, apparently when Bryce Harper was, you know, in high school, he was almost a hired gun. Uh, and I think that can be the case for a lot of these young guys who are in the travel ball circuit where they're playing all over the place. I, my my cousins, one of his, his good friends in New Jersey, the they were the New Jersey Marlins, and John Gray played with the team down in Florida. Like, he just needed a team to play with. He's going against tough competition. Just throw him on a team. Apparently, Bryce Harper even played with a team in, in Aurora, Colorado. But one of the frequent clubs that he played with was down in Southern California, in San Diego. And so... Long history, long ties mm-hmm. to Connor Joe. So we know Chris Bryant and Bryce Harper have that connection. Bryce Harper and Connor Joe uh, do as well. And so it was kind of cool when uh, Connor Joe playing first base today. Harper draws a walk and you know throws his arm around Joe, and they keep cutting back, and you can tell they're talking to each other a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, I didn't know. Nice. I did not know that story until you mentioned it right after that. That little embrace happened. Love that brotherhood. I love it. Love that. The Rockies, despite the four-game losing streak, they've got a couple favorable opponents coming to town. Washington next week starting on Tuesday, but tomorrow on Friday or today, if you're listening to this on Friday as a podcast, Cincinnati Reds. I'm excited to see them in town. Um, And whoever plays for them. And whoever plays for them. Um, I'm wondering if any (laughs) Reds fans will be there with uh, paper bags on their heads. Maybe. I hope so. And if the Reds win the first two games... They might have to hand those bags off to the other fan base that's there. They, or they'll figure out the, the trade. The, the logistics of it all. Rockies have to take two out of three. I mean, you almost expect that in any home series. They're almost at a point where you go, you might want to, you might need to take all three because the, the, the Reds are really banged up right now. You look mm-hmm. at their roster, there's some familiar names, not great names, but familiar names. And you go, man, what's the chemistry there? Are these guys able to gel? They've got 11 different players right now on the IL. We just had uh, Mike Moustakis come off the IL, mm-hmm. so he'll be playing. But you've got names like Luis Castillo, who was on the All Star team last year. 
Good young catcher, Tyler Stevenson. We'll see what happens with him. Mm-hmm. He's on the uh, concussion IL, so we'll wait and see what happens. Nick Lodola, who's supposed to start on Saturday the 41st, best prospect in all of baseball, according to MLB Pipeline. He's on the shelf, unfortunately. And then Jose Barrera, a guy who played in the Futures game last year, mm-hmm. uh, I believe he even hit a home run, a big shortstop prospect. So those guys are out, and... Uh, Joey Votto's there. Joe, we got Joey Votto. <laughs> Hopefully making some TikToks. Yeah, with yours truly. He entered today batting 133 with only one extra base hit. Too much TikTok time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Let's reel <laughs> it in. Let's focus on what matters here. Jonathan India, reigning National League. Well, it's hard to say reigning because reigning suggests that you can continue to be this thing. <laughs> but no, once you're the rookie of the year, you're you're you can no longer be the rookie of the year again. <laughs> Uh, he's not, he's not playing very well. He's only batting 237 entering Thursday on base percentage, only 256. So basically he's, he's gotten on, he's probably drawn about two or three walks all year long. And his slugging is 289. So Yikes. again, one or two extra base hits. Mm. That's not good. Kyle Farmer, he had four doubles on Wednesday, which was the first time in modern history a Reds player had ever done that in a loss. The last time any MLB player had ever done it in a loss, Colorado Rockies utility man, Jeff Baker. Oh. That. Did in 2008, so I think that's kind of neat. Um, I feel like we might see some familiar names, though. Oh, that's true. Yes, so Saturday, Nick Lodolo was, is scratched. We don't know who's going to start, but I did see this particular name, I, I believe you're about to say, as a potential starter on Saturday. Um, Maybe Philip Deal? Maybe. Maybe Jeff Hoffman? That's it. Jeff Hoffman, we'll see. He's still kind of doing the long reliever thing. He started off last year really solid. And Deal just got called up, too. Mm-hmm. Um, nice to see that he's a Cincinnati guy. Was on the Rockies for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting seeing those guys come back. Yeah, the, the Reds are struggling. They got one guy, I think, batting, one of the regulars that, that's hitting over 250 right now. Um, pitchers, you know, not not doing so much. Worst ERA in MLB. 5.76. That's rough. That's not very Yikes. good. That's not, that's, that is not a good number. Are they keeping home runs down at least? No. 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 <laughs> Seventh most in baseball. They give it up 19. But on Friday, so the pitching matchups, uh, actually I'll say Sunday first. We got a battle of lefties, Kyle Freeland versus Reaver San Martin. Now, Susie, trivia question. I'm springing it on you. Okay. Look at his name. Mm-hmm. Reaver San Martin. Read my mind. Reaver, huh? San Martin, what? That's pretty unique. Is it a double unique? It is. Oh, my God. No player has ever (laughs) played in the majors with the first name Reaver and has had the last name San Martin as one name. I don't think there's been any San Space Martin, but he's San Martin in one word. He's a rookie. So, I mean... He's got that going for him. I don't think you're buying a ticket just to see a double, a double unique, unique guy. How many double uniques are there in baseball right now? So actively, let me see if I can go through the list. No, I don't know the oh. list. Oh, <laughs> you might. There's, don't bluff me like that. You well, know? There, there are guys too that maybe got shuttled back down to the minors. I would say roughly maybe about 50. Mm-hmm. So a little bit over one per team. The Rockies and, have a double unique, right? Ashton Godot and Jonathan Daza. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Are there others? Maybe, but those are the two that I know off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I think it might just be those guys. So Saturday, Chad Cool. It's a cool day. It's going to be a cool Saturday. Ooh. Saturdays are always cool versus TBD. Could be Jeff Hoffman, as you mm-hmm. said there, Susie. Uh, could be a former NL West foe and Zach Godley, who's pitching well down in the minor leagues. Could also be a major league debut for Graham Ashcraft. That's a unique name. That is. Could that be a double unique? No. Ashcraft? Graham is the one, right? You Graham, go Graham is the one. There's got to be another Graham. Mm, yeah, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but we got Moonlight Graham, but that's a last name. There's got to be that's another Graham. a last name. There, there's I no don't know. way. There's no freaking way. I don't know. But the big matchup on Friday that will be very much exciting. This is a matchup, and this is a player for the Cincinnati Reds that, again, if you're only watching on MLB Network, they may flip over to this game at Coors Field. It's Antonio Sensatella versus 22nd best prospect in all of baseball. Maybe he's a little bit higher now, depending on you know what source you use. Top prospect for the Cincinnati Reds. What was he, the second overall pick in, in 2017? Hunter Green. Like his name. 
Very exciting guy. Yeah. I think he's already thrown 40 pitches at or above 100 miles an hour this year. He's a starter. Yeah. I'm excited to see him. That's that's really exciting. So, you know, command is, is a bit of an issue for a young guy. He was going to be, when he was drafted in 2007, they allowed him for a little bit to be a two-way player. Because that was, I think 2007 was the first season of Otani. Either that or he was already making waves in Japan. And it was, all right, this guy's coming over. So there was a lot of talk of like, yeah. hey, maybe that's kind of a market inefficiency. Guys who can play multiple positions, Christian Betancourt, Michael Lorenzen, mm-hmm. guy, former Cincinnati Red, uh, players like that. And you say, all right, well, you know what? Maybe you can do both. I think they allowed him to play shortstop a little bit. Couldn't hit well enough. And they said, all right, just stick to pitching. And, hey, that's gotten him to the major. So he's been a good story. He's been really exciting. We'll see if uh, the Rockies' bats can wake up a little bit. It's harder to hit off of, you know, I think the batting averages on fastballs at 95 or above are incredibly low. That's why you're seeing guys throwing so fast, even without the command, because, hey, the statistics say if you can throw really fast, guys aren't going to be able to hit it. It's going to bring all other kinds of problems. We're seeing it with the hit-by-pitches yeah. or HSBPs. HSBPs. A lot of those going on. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, hey, if you can ratchet it up there and throw it fast, you're probably going to maybe have more success than not. And so we will see that a lot. Keep your eye on the radar gun on Friday. Yeah, that'll be a good one. That's exciting. Two out of three or three games. It's hard to get a three-game sweep. It is, it is. But would you predict that? Um, I'm going to give the Rockies two out of three. Um, you know, coming off a road trip where things didn't go well, I think we're going to have to ease into it. Yeah. I'm, I am going to take the three-game sweep. Oh, Okay. Bring your broom to the park. I I don't have any inkling. I think they they may come out. It might be a bit of a dud on on Friday night. Besides the fact that it's green. Another non-answer from Patrick. (laughs) I know. I want them. They they should on paper to go 3-0. But again, considering they've lost four straight, I mean, losing five in a row would be really bad. Mm Mm-hmm. You just can't take a team for granted, a, a club of big leaguers, even if they are as bad as the Cincinnati Reds have been. It's hard to have a three-game sweep, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them to do it. I think they're gonna think they're gonna win three. All right. Um, we'll see who's right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll soon see enough. who's right on Sunday. Well, you can watch the show because again, you're you're gonna be working with Joey Votto on the TikToks. Yes. So we'll <laughs> see. On it. If you get finished early, you're welcome to come on though. Thank you so much. Of course. For inviting me to be on the show that I co-host. You have an open invitation to a show that you co-host. Wow. The generosity of this man. I try to (laughs) hope. Incredible. Hey, if you want to be generous out there and become a member of the DNVR community, again, it's only 50 cents for your first month at the DNVR.com. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. And I am at the Susie Hunter. This has been great. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have another great weekend as well. Yes. But we right now, the Rockies have no momentum. We have momentum. We've got momentum right here on the DNVR Rockies podcast. That's why you got to tune in on Sunday for the post game. But you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we'll talk to you on Sunday.